0: Today, I am chatting with Matt Patton, Literary Director of the Texas Book Festival, with a vision to inspire Texans of all ages to love reading. The Texas Book Festival connects authors and readers through experiences that celebrate the culture of literacy, ideas, and imagination. Founded in 1995 by former First Lady Laura Bush, Mary Margaret Farabee, and a group of volunteers, the nonprofit Texas Book Festival promotes the joys of reading and writing through its various events. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome, Matt. How are you today?
1: I'm good. Thanks so much for having me, Cindy. It's always good to talk to bookish folks in my hometown of Houston.
0: Well, I'm so excited you're here to talk about the Texas Book Festival, which will be coming up at the end of the month. And I think that so many people will enjoy learning more about it, especially because part of it, at least, is virtual, so people can join from all over the place.
1: Absolutely. And we can talk more about that. But last year was our first fully virtual year, and uh, audiences tuned in from all over the country and all over the, the world, in
0: fact. Well, I know the Texas Book Festival is one of the largest literary festivals in North America, so you have a big job as literary director.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm the director of programming at the Texas Book Festival, and as we lovingly call it here, the literary director. Happy to talk more about that job. Short story is I joined in January of 2020 last year, which was, as you know, <laughs> right before the world went um, upside down uh, with a lot of COVID news changed our way of lives, and uh, it's been quite a, a journey the last couple of years.
0: I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you do, but before we do that, will you tell me a little bit more about the Texas Book Festival itself? Yeah, of
1: course. The short story is, is that this is our 26th year. Last year was our 25th anniversary, big year for several reasons. But the Texas Book Festival was founded in 1995. The first festival itself was in 19, 1996. But the organization was founded in 1995 by then First Lady of Texas, uh, Laura Bush, and also Mary Margaret Farabee, who was a, a big... Uh, advocate and a booster for the for the arts here in Texas. And, you know, part of the uh, original mission of the founding, and it's still true, um, we've expanded significantly, but part of the original mission of the founding was to raise money for Texas public libraries. And so in the last 25 years, we've distributed with the help of generous sponsors and donors over $2.5 million to libraries uh, around the state
0: of Texas. That's amazing. I like to think so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, truly, though, I'm always so impressed with the Bushes and everything they did and do for literacy.
1: Yeah, no, I I may be wrong here. So I'm going to say don't quote me on this, even though you will, because we're on a a broadcast here. But I also believe that First Lady Laura Bush, you know, had information science and a librarian background professionally. So I think it, it meant a lot to her as well. And, you know, when she and... President George Bush went to D.C., they started also our Cousin Festival, which is the National Book Festival, which uh, takes place in D.C. Uh, each year as well and has been going for a, a couple decades.
0: Well, how does the Texas Book Festival operate? What is the format like? I know there are various components from checking out the website. Can you tell me a little bit more about all of that?
1: Yeah, um so where to begin? I mean, I think like one of the key things is that the Texas Book Festival as a term is both the name of a festival that happens annually and it's also the name of the organization in which it's housed. So the Texas Book Festival the organization operates year-round and we have all sorts of programs happening year-round. For instance, one of our programs called Reading Rock Stars is a program where we put authors face-to-face with students in school, largely at Title I schools throughout the state. This started in Austin, but in the last decade or so, we've expanded into Dallas-Fort Worth and Houston and the Rio Grande Valley. Um, So this brings authors together face-to-face with students in schools. Of course, the last couple of years, it's largely been virtual, but face-to-face in schools and gives those authors books to those students as well. So that's one of our programs that happens year-round In the fall, it happens in Austin, and in the spring, it happens in other major Houston metros, and we're always looking to expand to all corners of the state as well. Uh, We also have our Real Reads program, which is sort of like Reading Rockstars, but for a bit of an older audience, young adults and new college students for the most part. And we work with community partners like Breakthrough Central Texas to, you know, do the same thing, you know, place authors in, in, in front of those constituencies as well for really great conversations. And, you know, like I may have mentioned earlier, there's always the Texas Library grants, too, that happens. You know, the the grant applications open early in the year, and then the review process happens late spring, early summer. And then we recently announced the recipients of those awards as well. And I will say that in the last couple of years, you know, we've also expanded, as you'd imagine, virtually year-round. When the pandemic, pandemic, rather, first started um, early last year, one thing that we were keen on doing is having conversations, especially with Texas authors, immediately. So by the way, I should say that the way that the publishing industry works typically is the way that many authors tour is based around their publication dates. So what happens is, is when you have a, an author who publishes in the spring, their in-person tour is canceled because of the pandemic. And we wanted to make sure that audiences heard these authors. We experimented a lot with several different platforms, but largely Instagram Live had lots of Instagram Live conversations for a series we called Literary Lunch Break. We did that earlier this year too, and also we just we have year-round events when it comes to kind of you know, adult author programming as well. I mean, one of my fondest memories of, of Texas Book Festival, quote unquote, off-season programming is Colson Whitehead a couple of years ago before I took on this role. He was in town, I believe it was in April or May for his. His new book, then, which was called *The Nickel Boys*, and he was in town, and, and you know, I saw him there. Got a copy of his book. Great experience. Earlier this year, we had in, in the summer we had a, a conversation with uh, Ethan Hawke and his co-author Greg Ruth, who's also an illustrator. And they were in conversation with film director Richard Linklater for a conversation about their new book *Meadowlark*. And I think this was our th- the third or fourth appearance um, of Ethan at the Texas Book Festival. I think the first was as far back as 2003 or 2004. So yeah, short story is events happening all year round.
0: And then pre-pandemic, you would have the Texas Book Festival in Austin. It would be a set number of days. I feel like it was a weekend, three or four days. Was that the set time?
1: Traditionally, yes. It's Saturday and Sunday.
0: Okay. So pre-pandemic, you would book authors and then people would come in from all over Texas and elsewhere and listen to the author speak and have the ability to buy the books. Is that right?
1: Yes, exactly. And You know, especially in the last 10 years, thirty to 50,000 people come to the Texas Book Festival, kind of descend upon downtown Austin each fall for the festival, which traditionally, you know, pre-pandemic happens at the foot of the Texas State Capitol and within the Capitol as well, within the extension, as it's known, which is a really fascinating warren of rooms and also in select venues around the downtown footprint as well.
0: And I had been planning to come last year for the first time because it was over my birthday and my book club. We thought that would be such a fun way to come celebrate. And of course, it was then moved online. And then this year, I had planned to come again. And I know originally, most of it was going to be in person. And now it's kind of a hybrid version of it with much of it online, but a day long deal of events in person, correct?
1: Exactly. So I mean, last year, we knew as soon as June, I believe that, you know, it, it wouldn't make sense to do an in person festival. So in 2020, we went all virtual, of course, and. This was the case, as you know, with many festivals, both literary and in in the arts in general last year, you know, we had high hopes that this year would be different and it was different, but we, you know, planned from early this year to go hybrid and, you know, we've executed that plan. The change was, is that, you know, as in in mid-summer when Austin started reaching stage five, which in Austin is the highest level of of, a pandemic, you know, based on, ICU bed occupancy and so on, we realized that, okay, well, we're going to stay hybrid, but you know, the in-person portion of the festival might be best reduced. And, you know, some of the authors and moderators and our incredible team of volunteers, which usually number into up to 1,000, you know, agreed as well. So we remain hybrid this year. The difference is, is that the majority of the programming will be taking place online. And, you know, luckily uh, we've gone through this before. We went through this last year, so we have kind of a playbook for it. But generally speaking, I mean, going to the textbook festival website, finding the schedule, you'll see a whole slate of options, many virtual options, both in the children's and uh, adult space. But also we have two in-person days. Uh, One is October 30th. That's a Saturday, and it's taking place at Symphony Square, which is this lovely historic outdoor space in downtown Austin. And that's going to be a full slate of picture book programming. So going to have authors and illustrators, picture books, you know, doing story times. It's perfect for families, you know, wanting something to do that Saturday. Um, and then that Sunday, the 31st, we're going to be at Austin Central Library. We're going to have you know, this great great slate uh, of authors that day. So including bestseller Amor Tolles, Maria Inahosa, who is founder of Latino USA, which I may be wrong here, but I believe it was first produced at KUT, which is an Austin NPR affiliate. Also, Mary Gateskill, whose many books have been uh, translated into film as well, she's coming with her new book. Uh, It's called The Devil's Treasure, which is a really fascinating book. I don't want to call it quite mixed media, but it it, it does mix essay essay commentary, fiction, imagery, collages. It's a a really uh, unique book. And also some of the editorial staff at Texas Monthly Magazine is going to be there talking about their new book called Being Texan, which is a wonderful collection of essays and reportage and photography and so on. And also several other sessions going there. We have important conversations about climate change and how that dovetails with Texas and the big Texas freeze earlier this year. Uh, We have a conversation about race and politics in Texas. We have the Texas Institute of Letters with some of their award winners. And we also have a slate of Texas authors who are whose books are set in Texas, which I think is going to be, you know, a fantastic conversation. These include Stacey Swan, Simon Hahn, Bill Sibley, and others. So yeah, the short story is there is something for everybody here. And the good thing I should say too is that if you go to the Texas Book Festival website and you look at the in-person adult programming that takes place October 31st there at Austin Central Library you'll also see that there's a live streaming option too. So most of these sessions, if not all of them will be live streamed. So you don't have to be in Austin to see them. You don't have to come in person. If you can't, or you don't want to, these will be live streamed as well. We can talk about this later, but that's one of the lessons that we've taken from this virtual world as well. You know, ensuring access online and virtually to more of our in-person sessions.
0: Well, you have a wonderful lineup for in-person, and I know also from looking at your website, there are so many wonderful people coming virtually as well. And I think that starts as early as maybe the 23rd of October, is that right?
1: Yeah, so the 23rd through the 24th is our dedicated virtual children's weekend. So it's going to be a lot of children's conversations, presentations happening that most of these are happening on YouTube, and you'll find that if you go to the schedule. But it's also the weekend of our Texas Teen Book Festival which is mostly young adult authors. These include Ben Aliri Sayans, who's also a Texas Writer Award recipient, which is an award that Texas Book Festival has granted uh, since almost its inception. He'll be doing a keynote there. And most of those sessions for Texas Teen Book Festival will be live, um, and a lot of the middle grade and picture book sessions will be pre-recorded, But very rich, lots of imagery. We did the same thing last year, and it was a hit.
0: Well, that's so exciting and I can't wait to sit in on some of the adult ones because there are a lot of good people coming. And one of the questions I had for you is how you decide. I mean, obviously it's the Texas Book Festival, so you do have some Texas authors, but do you have a certain percentage of Texas authors or how do you decide who's going to come, who you're going to ask? How does all of that work?
1: Yeah, I never know how to answer this question perfectly or succinctly. But now there's a few things that, number one, I should say that we are a big tent festival. We are trying to give something to everyone. And that includes adult programming, includes middle grade, like I said, picture book children's includes young adult programming. So that's that's kind of where we start with that, um, as well as like thinking of, okay, so we're trying to fill these spots. You know, uh, also, we're, we're kind of limited in space, unfortunately. I mean, we receive a 1000 to 1500 submissions and pitches and recommendations a year. And unfortunately, we, we don't have the space for all of that. So in 2019, for instance, there was almost 350 authors in the last two years, there's been closer to 200. And that was partially a strategic decision because of, you know, managing through the uncertainty of coordinating, you know, that festival. So that's kind of where we start is with those big picture numbers. I mean, if we just take adult, we look at both fiction and nonfiction, and we look at the kind of like, we we try to have an even balance there. Uh, within the lineup. so And within fiction, we can drill down even more. Within fiction, it's quote-unquote literary fiction. It's also sci-fi and fantasy. It's crime fiction. Within nonfiction, we've got memoir. And also we've partnered for decades with C-SPAN Book TV, which often have a tent there on the festival footprint. And that's where we curate most of our economics, current affairs, politics, history kind of sessions. So, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts there. Um, when it comes to Texas authors, you know, I think it was in 2000 or 2001 that there was a, a, a change in some of the curatorial decisions. And this was, again, 20 years ago at Texas Book Festival. Originally, it was only Texas authors. And I'd have to look into the archives to, to figure out what exactly that meant. But it, it largely meant those born in Texas who had spent much of their time here or who were writing about Texas either in nonfiction Texas subjects, or they, they were novelists, you know, with their settings in Texas. In 2001, it opened, and it was it was more also inviting authors who weren't, quote-unquote, Texas authors. And part of the, the thinking here was to introduce, not only highlight and spotlight Texas authors to Texas audiences, but to bring national authors and poets and illustrators to Texas as well, and introduce those authors, poets, and illustrators to Texas audiences, Percentage-wise, I would say that within the last ten years, at least a third of the lineup has been Texas authors. I will say that this year, at least half of, uh, of of the of the lineup is is Texas authors. So yeah, lots of moving parts, but you know our goals kind of remain the same. Kind of like what I talked about is number one, spotlighting as many Texas authors as we can across genres and across age groups and also spotlighting those authors who would like to introduce themselves uh, to Texas audiences or who are known by Texas audiences, but who just aren't in Texas. I I should say too that, you know, another thing that we're always looking to do is to have a a diverse lineup um, that reflects the incredible diversity of the state of Texas itself.
0: Well, it's so interesting to see every year who's highlighted. I remember Tom Hanks was one year and Dan Rather and it's fun to see some of the people that are coming, and I'm a huge fan of Amor Tolles, so I was thrilled to pieces to see he was coming.
1: Yeah, and I should say, too, now that I think about it, is you know, Amor Tolles is obviously a, a, a best-selling author, and we're absolutely delighted to have him here. And he was also at San Antonio Book Festival earlier this year, virtually. But that's another thing, too, is, you know, established authors, emerging authors and debut authors. I mean, that's definitely a triumvirate we're trying to capture here, too, with the with the curation of the textbook festival.
0: Well, I do that as well with the podcast. I want to make sure I pick up people in all stages. So I love debuts always and people sort of in the middle and then well-established authors as well, because you get such different perspectives. Absolutely. One question I had for you is whether your job as literary director was an all year long thing. And it sounds like since you were hired in January of 2020, that the answer is yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) The short answer is yes. Uh, For two reasons, really. I mean, one is kind of we've already discussed, which is, you know, it is the name of a a festival, Texas Book Festival, but also the name of an organization. So, you know, we're doing programming um, and outreach all year round. Um, But also with a festival of this size, it just takes that long to put it together and coordinate it. So, yes, absolutely a full-time position.
0: Well, what's your favorite part of the job and your least favorite part?
1: Um, hmm. God, so many favorite parts. I mean, I think I'm going to be glib here, but I think one of my favorite parts of an in-person fest, kind of pre-COVID times, is just the workout that my pedometer gets. There's so much walking. (laughs) There's so much walking. But for more than that, it's just the energy. It's just the energy in the air. It's the sound of the voices. It's the movement. Yeah, I don't know how how else to say it. It's it's kind of ineffable in that sense. But I think also it's just these fantastic conversations that happen regardless of whether it's virtual or in person. And then we discovered this last year, of course, just absolutely fantastic conversations. One of my favorite conversations was And one of our most well-attended virtually was a conversation with Isabel Wilkerson with her new book, and she was in conversation with Texas author Saeed Jones. And there was something poetic about that conversation as well, because this was Isabel Wilkerson's first book since she last attended the Texas Book Festival, which was 10 years prior to that in person. So it was wonderful to see her at Texas Book Festival, both for our 15th anniversary and our 25th. So it's, it's those conversations, and it's also these things that you just can't predict. It's the top line is the connections that are made between readers and writers and everybody who's there. One of the first examples, and this is relevant to this year, is that we have a picture book author coming to Symphony Square again on October 30th, who co-authored this picture book with his son. And his son was influenced to write this book by having visited children's book authors a couple of years ago at Texas Book Festival. Um, which I just think is magical. And we have one person comes to mind who's on our literary council, who wrote a fantastic book a couple of years ago, who her book deal kind of began more or less with the meetings that she had with people at Texas Book Festival, agents, publicists, other authors, and so on. So it's not, it's not necessarily a quote-unquote professional conference like, say, AWP, which is a conference that happens each year, which is a collection Of writers and writing conferences. It's mostly for the public festival, but that conference aspect does happen anyway, and that's what happened in that case. As far as what I don't like is, well, I mean, they're very minimal. I, again, I started this role in January 2020, but I I had been working with the fest to some degree since 2014 or 2015. I co chaired a committee or two, sat on an advisory council, moderated sessions. And I had been coming to the festival for years before that as well. So this felt like just where I wanted to be. Um, you know, as far as you know, the least favorite, maybe if you would have asked me this, this question last year and earlier this last year, I, I would have talked about the transition to virtual and what a challenge it was for not just this organization, but for any any organization and any individual. But I don't think that anymore. I think it's, it's a huge learning les- lesson. And like I said, I, I think we'll take a lot of those lessons uh, forward into the future. And also, I should say that, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, we receive so many submissions and pitches and recommendations a year. It's always a bit of a heartbreak not to be able to give everybody a space um, at Texas Book Festival. And also there there are those occasions where we have an author booked and we're very excited. And unfortunately, because of scheduling issues and so on, they have to pull out at the last minute, which is kind of always a downer. But yeah, no, I think the the overwhelming feeling is just one of excitement and gratitude for, for working here and working with this team and working with these volunteers and working with the publishers and the authors and the moderators that we work with every year.
0: Well, what about your day-to-day work? Like, What does your job look like daily? I'm sure it's all over the place, but can you kind of give me a typical day?
1: Yeah, that's a hard question too. Uh, The typical day now is, since the schedule launched, is kind of loose ends, making sure that authors and moderators know exactly what to do the day that they appear, whether it's virtual or in person. So that's the day-to-day now. Earlier in the year, let's say January, it's it's Talking with the committees, it's reading a lot. It's talking with publishers and publicists um, about uh, books that are coming out in the spring, um, and then ultimately books that are coming out in the fall. So many authors who come to the festival, and we talked about author tours a little bit earlier, are fall books. So it really does change year to year. I mean, also earlier in the year is the, you know as I mentioned earlier is when we do our reading rock stars outreach programs in metros in Texas other than Austin. So DFW, Houston, Rio Grande Valley, and so on. So a lot of that work is done then earlier in the year. But yeah, no, it definitely changes. There's a consistency to it, for sure. Um, Or there's not a consistency. There's a predictability to it. But I mean, it does change month to month.
0: Right. It must be a seasonal thing. So you look at your kind of winter and you know what the job is going to be then. You look at your spring. It's changing, but it's still what you'll be doing in the spring kind of thing. Right, right. Do you read most of the books for the adult authors that are coming? I
1: read as many as I can, of course. But I mean, it's many books and it's many authors. So we also rely heavily on our Literary Council, which is a group of four four committees, adult, young adult, children's, and so on, to read a lot of those books as well.
0: Another thing that I was curious about was the first edition literary festival. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so the first edition literary gala is uh, our largest uh, fundraiser of the year, and it typically happens the Friday before a festival weekend. This year, it's, of course, different. Last year, it was all virtual. Again, it's our, our, our biggest fundraiser of the year, and the funds generated um, from our first edition literary gala play a large part um, in the library grants we talked about earlier, our Reading Rockstars program, the distribution of those books to those students. And our real roads program, so it's it's one of the, our most important events of the year from a fundraising perspective and a development perspective.
0: Well, it makes sense because you do have to have funding to do all of the many things that you all do. Yeah, and it's like
1: it's a good point. I mean, it's like our this, this fundraiser, as well as a few select kind of ticketed events that we have and development events we have throughout the year, help keep the fest free and open to the public, which is one of our goals.
0: And who sells the books?
1: So we partner each year with a partner bookseller. They've been a few different booksellers over the years, but for the past about half decade, it's been Book People in Austin, which is the largest independent uh, bookseller in Texas.
0: I figured that that's probably who it was since they are right there in Austin. Right. I have still never been to Book People either. So clearly I need to get it together next year and get up there for both the Texas Book Festival and to see Book People.
1: Well, Please do. I'd love to give you a personal tour of all the cool bookish spaces in Austin.
0: And I have always seen all the great photos of the festival and how much fun it looked. And I've had friends go and, you know, talk about meeting other readers. One of the things you were talking about as one of your favorite parts of it was the bonding. And I think book people are such great people. And it just gives you something automatically to talk about the second you sit down next to somebody and have a great conversation about either the author you're getting ready to see or a book you've recently read. So I just I really do feel like I must get there very soon.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you're speaking to the choir. We're all absolutely in love with independent bookselling in Texas. And Texas has such a fantastic footprint of independent booksellers. I mean, I could rattle them off here in Austin, but in Houston, you've got Brazos, you've got Blue Willow, you've got so many great bookstores there. Dallas, you've got Deep Vellum and others. Alvin Alpine in West Texas, you've got Front Page Books. San Antonio, you've got Nowhere Bookshop. I mean, and on and on. I mean, I, I feel like I could talk about the the bookstore, independent bookstores and booksellers in Texas all day.
0: I agree. And two of my favorites are Fabled in Waco and Intermission in Brownwood. Both of those are wonderful independent bookstores. So, and that, you know, the beauty of independent bookstores is each one has their own personality and characteristics and things that they do that make them unique. And it's just always so fun to hear those stories.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's exactly right. And just another way of putting it is, as you said, it's just that like you go into each of these bookstores and you experience something. Familiar, but a little bit different every time. I mean, these are these are booksellers who are passionate about books and passionate about reading and have devoted much of their lives to, to it.
0: Well, what about you? What have you read recently that you really liked that you would recommend? That's a tough one, too. I mean,
1: I, I think that by this time of year, most of what I've been reading is Texas Book Festival authors, you know, on the lineup. And by lineup, I mean, both the authors and, and the books that are coming to represent. So it, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I think that Number one, I will say that of course, I, I already mentioned I, lo- I love Amor Tolls. I love a gentleman in, Mo- in Moscow, so enjoyed Lincoln Lincoln Highway as well. But, but also, I mean, there's just what I would recommend to anybody coming to the Texas Book Festival site who is just passionate, you know about reading and books in general, but also about Texas letters, so to speak, Texas authors. Is just check out the, the the Texas lineup as well. I mean, we've got some absolutely incredible authors this year. I talked about Texas, the Texas Writer Award earlier, and we've got so many Texas Writer Award recipients on the lineup this year. Whether they're on, whether they're a featured author or whether they're moderating sessions. Um, I talked about Ben Alieri Science earlier, but also Sandra Cisneros is on the lineup, um, and also Attica Locke is also a Texas Writer Award recipient. She's going to be in conversation with. Emmy Award winning journalist Tamron Hall about Tamron Hall's debut novel. And some people may not know this, but Tamron Hall is actually was born in Texas herself in Luling, Texas. So she's a Texas author.
0: I did not know that. I do love Attica Locke and I love Bluebird Bluebird. That is such a great book.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no, this is always an interesting thing thing too, is when you have a name like Tamron Hall or also, you know, George Saunders. Um, I remember I was in a conversation with someone last year about George Saunders and When I mentioned he was born in Texas, I believe it was Amarillo, but I may be wrong there. They were shocked. (laughs) So, So, so many fantastic authors born in Texas, currently living in Texas, or has spent much of their lives
0: in Texas. Well, we've had a bunch of authors have books come out in Houston this year that, you know, that live here now and have great stories that they've written. Some take place in Houston and some don't. And I know Austin has a wonderful group of authors that live there.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I just intuit from what you're saying that you might include Brian Washington um, in yes. that Yes,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs>
1: Who's been a- at the festival twice, first in 2019 with the short story collection lot, and then a second time last year, virtually, of course, with his debut novel, uh, Memorial. And, you know, as many listeners may know, I mean, Memorial was being m- adapted for the screen by, I believe, Studio A24, but I'm not sure. So, Yeah. Definitely love Brian Washington's work. And if if you, there's so many examples, there's so many authors, but if, if you do want a true Houston kind of stories, you know, stories set in Houston, I mean, definitely look to Brian Washington's work. Absolutely.
0: And then I also really like Chandler Baker, who we just hosted for our literary salon here in Houston. And I saw that she's on the lineup for the Texas Book Festival.
1: Oh, lovely, yeah. And speaking of books made into film, I mean, her, her book, The Husbands, is being made into a, a film with Kristen Wiig. But uh, yeah, she's coming to fest with two books, in fact, Um, one, The Husbands, um, and also a book called uh, Hello From Here, which is a a YA book.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, I love that story about Kristen Wiig. She was telling it when she was here, where she got a DM through Instagram, and she was like, am I being pranked? (laughs) You know, so I thought that was great. So it was wonderful. I love it. Yeah, I know. I was laughing, but I can't wait to see that be made into a movie. I think it's the perfect story to be transferred to the screen.
1: Absolutely. Um, and she'll be in conversation um, with May Cobb, who's also an Austin uh, author, with May Cobb's book, The Hunting Wives. I think it's going to be a fantastic conversation.
0: Oh, that will be a fantastic conversation because both those books are kind of in a good way over the top, you know, and so that will be a good pairing.
1: Yeah, I hope so. But definitely tune in.
0: Well, good. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about the Texas Book Festival. I really appreciate your time.
1: Thanks so much, and It's been an absolute pleasure. I'd love to talk
0: to you again. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you like this episode, and I hope you did, please consider becoming a page turner in my Patreon program. Follow me on Instagram at thoughtsfromapage. Tell all of your friends about the podcast and rate it or subscribe to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I would really appreciate it. Thanks to Maggie Garza of HTX Real Estate Group for sponsoring my podcast. And I hope you'll tune in next time.